And welcome in everybody to Off of the Helmets. I'm Brady Tinker. This is all presented by our friends at DSP Media and DSP Media Productions. Find everything that we're doing online at dspmedia.com and then DSP Media Productions on YouTube. We do lots of stuff on Facebook Live. We're everywhere producing now 24 podcasts and I'm really happy to be a part of this group and happy Friday to you. Welcome to Off of the Helmets. I'm Brady Tinker. Time to talk Dallas Cowboys football. The Cowboys are 9-3. and three. This weekend, they take on the 1-10-1 Houston Texans, and it's not a fair fight. This is a focused Cowboys football team looking for a fast start this weekend. We'll get into that, but that will include a new wide receiver, I believe. Pretty good tease. If we were doing this live and we had our big setup, we'd do the open right then, and you'd be looking for me to say OBJ. He's getting ready to sign, but he's not. Uh, the new wide receiver will be James Washington, who has been here since March when he signed as formerly a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's 26 years old. He played at Oklahoma State University, and he's fractured his foot in camp at Oxnard in August, and now he is finally back. So he adds to the wide receiver room. He'll be wearing number 83, and the Cowboys are excited about having him, and I'm excited about this football team. So welcome to the show. I'm Brady Tinker for about the third time. Um, happy to be here. Different looking background for me as I'm in Kansas City. Both my, All of my parents are here. They're all in their 80s, and it was time for me to come home uh, and see my parents and make sure everybody was doing okay. So far, it's been a great trip. Thank you for asking. And pretty cool setting for me as my parents are huge Royals and Chiefs fans. As you know, uh, I'm a Kansas City Chiefs guy. So that's why this looks like it looks, and I'm really happy to be here. Uh, nine and three Cowboys, one 10 and one Houston Texans. Uh, we mentioned not a fair fight. Let's do James Washington for you since I teased that there was a new wide receiver coming and you're probably kind of pissy that it's not OBJ. We'll get into that a little bit more later as we did on Wednesday. James Washington, 26 years old, played at Oklahoma State University, drafted in 2018 by the Steelers in the second round. Uh, his best year as a pro was in 2019 when he had 735 yards, 44 catches, which is nearly 17 yards a catch, three touchdowns. He is 5'11", nearly 220. He is stout and fast, and he's very good, actually, on deep routes. And you might think, 5'10", 5'11", maybe I wanted a taller guy. His strength and speed combined make it so that when he gets deep one-on-one -on, -one on either sideline, running some version of a fly pattern, he's very good at coming down with the football if the safety doesn't get there on time because of his strength. And you've seen more and more guys like that in the NFL today that – they're there. It was very Michael Irvin when he was playing. Michael would go to catch the ball, and he was too physically strong, right? He wasn't the fastest guy in the world, but when guys would come at him, he could withstand the pushes and the tugs and the pulls. That's kind of James Washington. So pair him with what's already here and a healthy, uh, happy Dak Prescott, and you've got a pretty good player. Fractured his foot in August, is now finally back, was an All-American at Oklahoma State in 2017, was the Bolitnikoff Award winner for Best Wide Receiver in 2017. He had a hell of a career. Uh, in uh, Stillwater. He had three straight 1,000-yard seasons, nearly 1,600 yards his senior year. This guy was going to be a player, and to be honest with you, it hasn't quite worked out as well as a lot of us thought that it would. 26. It's not over. His career numbers in the NFL are 114 catches, 1,629 yards, and 11 touchdowns, and you think to yourself, that's a number one wide receiver if that happens in one year, but unfortunately, that's happened in four years. Strong and fast, and tough to cover deep. 
And if you think about the Dallas Cowboys right now, isn't that something that we could use? Wouldn't it be nice to back the safeties up a little bit, have a little bit more threat deep? Michael Gallup is getting back to that because he's also a very good 50-50 ball guy running down the sidelines. And in the last few weeks, his ACL injury finally looks like he's getting past it. So James Washington might, could, should excite you. And I know it's not OBJ, but with a confident Dak Prescott, who is no longer favoring, if you will, his lower body nor the hand. He's got five games left, does James Washington, to get on the same page with Dak. I don't anticipate that he ends up the number one at all or even pushing Gallup out of the way. I think that maybe Noah Brown gets less opportunities because James Washington begins to emerge. But there'll be plenty of four wide receiver sets. There'll be plenty of room for all of them. Mix in Dalton Schultz. Mix in Tony Pollard catching the ball out of backfield or or Zeke. And this offense becomes and tends to continue getting better at being more efficient, but also proficient. And I said five weeks ago, you know, it's time for Dak to begin to take the next step. We have the best defense in the NFL. Statistically, they are flatly that right now. They get pressure on the passer. They cause turnovers. They don't give up big plays. They're good in the red zone. We're built around this defense. We're also built around the running game, which has been better than any of us thought it would be. A slightly different uh, blocking scheme where they're blocking lots of zone. Guys like Terrence Steele and, and guys that you don't know that well have been way better than we expected. This is, this is a, a burgeoning, wonderful story with this offensive line being this good, less L. Collins who is in Cincinnati, and less Tyron Smith, who's probably due back now in a couple of weeks. But those two guys, you, you lost your left tackle and your right tackle, and you're one of the more efficient running teams in all of football, and really your offense is based around the running game? Pretty damn good. This whole season, to be honest with you, is pretty damn good. When Dak Prescott hurt in week one, uh, Prescott got hurt in week one, I thought, damn, the fans got to suffer through this season, now playing for a draft pick maybe, and all of a sudden we begin to think, are they going to try and find a way out from underneath the Dak Prescott contract? Because there's quarterbacks in that draft. What are they going to do? None of it happened. Mike McCarthy took over. Cooper Rush stepped in. None of it was spectacular. But then in some ways, it was spectacular. Four straight wins. I don't give a damn what the scores were. This team in the last 25 years, when the quarterback gets hurt, folds up its tent and wins three or four games. It just does. Every time Romo got hurt, the season was over, for the most part. Uh, so. I assume that was going to happen here. Cooper Rush has been here for a while. He's decent, but I didn't think he could get this done. And the Cowboys weren't so sure either because Cooper Rush wasn't on the active roster for this Dallas Cowboys team the day the season began. He had been actually put on waivers. The Cowboys had no worries that anybody was going to claim him. Certainly they were bringing him back, and he was going to be the backup quarterback, and they got lucky because nobody took him, and he did a hell of a job getting this team to 4-1, and one, uh, four and two overall when Dak Prescott came back. So think about this season and remember when you begin to feel entitled about this season and how good your Cowboys team is, that this is another one of those examples of how winning in the NFL at a really high level contains a lot of luck. Luck with injuries, luck with less terrible calls by the officials than some teams get, good bounces of the football, uh, a room coming together, a locker room coming together where everyone is pulling in the same direction and rooting for each other. Uh, all of that has happened. And when you're in a 53-man locker, like, locker room like I am and you've got 13 or so guys on the practice squad, every year is a new year. So do I think the Cowboys will be good again next year? Yes, I do. 
but every year is a new year. They won 12 games last year, and we were highly satisfied until they couldn't get shit done against San Francisco. Then we kind of thought maybe we wanted Mike McCarthy fired. Maybe the offensive coordinator needed to go. How soon could Sean Payton get here? Um, it's nice what the defensive coordinator was done, but instead this thing got handled, and Mike McCarthy has earned his wings and his spurs with me and with you, and I want to tell you certainly with the players. So I would say the Sean Payton dalliance is probably gone. There's a really good chance in my mind as we sit here today he ends up with the Chargers. I think they've underachieved. That quarterback's going to interest him, and that skill set in that group's going to interest him. Sean Payton goes somewhere. You want some money on something? I would say Sean Payton ends up with the Chargers. And this head coach stays right where he's at. Now, we'll see about Dan Quinn. That's a worry. How much money do you have to pay Dan Quinn? Same amount of money as you pay Mike McCarthy? Would that keep him here? I don't know, but I think the answer is no. Because in rebuilding himself, Dan Quinn has made himself once again a prime target to be a head coach in this NFL and losing that Super Bowl went up 28-3 to to Tom Brady and company has stuck inside of him the entire time. He wants one more chance. I don't blame him. Okay, it's too much about what may or may not happen. The point is, these seasons are fragile, and there's luck involved, and when it's your time, you have to be able to seize it. And it's one of the things this team hasn't done the last 25 years is when Romo was at his best, the defense was at its best, 14-16, and 16, let's say. I'm, I'm a little out on my head. Those were the two years this team probably should have had a chance to go to the Super Bowl and didn't. So here it comes again. And you're 9-3. and three, And that means there's still five games left until the playoffs even start. You're trailing the, the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East. You're probably at this point looking at a home wild card playoff game. But a few things about that. One, I don't believe this Cowboy team, like so many others in the last 17 years, has to be at home to win a playoff game. Uh, I, I don't think so. I think this is a defensive-driven team, a run-driven team. The offense is really starting to come. They're scoring more and more points, and all of this is real, and they can win on any field. So James Washington is going to join this team. I'm not positive that happens this week, by the way. I think it's going to. If it doesn't happen this week, it will happen next week. He's been practicing very well from what I understand. Uh, he is physically big and strong. The head coach is certainly enamored with what he sees, uh, as is the offensive coordinator, and they're like, ooh, this is kind of different than everything else. He's got a little gallop in him, and he's strong, but he's not as tall or as big. He's got some wiggle, which is a little CD. Uh, his yards per catch are very good throughout his career. He's a guy who catches the ball down the field, and if you're a creative offensive person, you're thinking, you know what? I really wanted OBJ, but I'll take James Washington right now, added to the momentum this team and the momentum that the Cowboy has. So let's look at CD. Last four games, the reason that OBJ, one of the reasons that OBJ is not coming is the top one is I don't think he's going to be ready to play during the regular season and might not be ready for the playoffs. That's why the Cowboys have backed up a little bit. My prediction on Wednesday, and it still stands, was that OBJ is going to sign with his old team, the New York Giants, who, while they're having a good season, probably aren't going to make the playoffs, and they can wait on him for next year and the year after because Daniel Jones needs a legitimate wide receiver. So that's why I think that's going to happen. But the other reason it doesn't have to happen anymore is that C.D. Lamb in the last four games has four touchdowns, two 100-yard games, 371 yards total. That's 92.5 yards a game. And if you watch closely, he's running better routes. If you watch closely, the offensive coordinator has him in motion. They're moving him around. He's little, 
He's got about a 24-inch waist, okay? So if you get a big, strong safety or corner on him and he gets a good push when he's playing press coverage against him, you can throw off any timing that CD has. But if you put him in motion all the time, it's hard to get a hand on him because he's got great feet and hips. When he clears the line of scrimmage without getting punched off the line of scrimmage, CD Lamb is as good as any of the top 10 wide receivers in football, and that is what you're seeing. Plus, to be honest with you, Brad Sham said it, and I'll loosely quote him, he's finally beginning to be comfortable with who it is the Cowboys want him and need him to be. He's wearing 88. He didn't necessarily want to. He's the one he didn't necessarily want to be. So he is finally coming to terms with all of that. And you literally, you can see it in the last four games. Great news. Michael Gallup is also feeling better and better and better. So coming off that ACL, he scored a touchdown in his first game back. But when you watched him in those three or four games in between, he's just not quite there. But two games ago, Michael Gallup began putting his foot in the ground and began making sharp cuts, and he got the Cowboys off the last couple of weeks to good starts. Good starts. It's very important. Had another touchdown last week. I believe Gallup is finally, and he even said to us in the media, I'm finally not thinking about it. I'm finally not worried about getting hurt or something giving way again, and I'm back to playing football. Again, isn't the timing of everything great? Isn't Dak Prescott, and that's where I'm going to go now, finally looking like he doesn't worry about what's happening with his lower body or that catastrophic injury that he believes in the hand and all this is full. Six interceptions in the last five games worries you. Honestly, I don't want it to. Because what I was asking for six weeks ago was, you can count on the defense, you can count on the running game, but you're going to get into a game late in the season or in the playoffs and maybe a couple of them where something happens and you're down 13 to nothing. And does the offense have the quick strike ability with consistency that you and I trust that Dak is going to see everything in the line of scrimmage, make the right checks and the right calls, get the ball where it's supposed to go, and he's going to do it with supreme confidence? And the answer six weeks ago was no. The answer now is yes, absolutely. He is moving around, running around. He doesn't look like he's thinking at all about any injuries or anything else that's going on. The interceptions are a bad thing, but a good indicator. And he has said a couple times, I'm going to continue to be aggressive. And I'm thinking, thinking to myself, hell yes. We got five games left. The Cowboys can lose another game. They're, they're not going to win the NFC East, I don't think. Not peeing on your parade because they still can win the Super Bowl. But what you need is, and this is what the Patriots were so good at for all of Tom's time there, when do you get good? The last four weeks, you get better and better and better. And if God allows, you get healthier and healthier and healthier. And you have momentum, no matter whether you're the one seed, the two seed, the six seed, it doesn't make any difference. When you have all of that heading into the playoffs, and let's face it, into what is now a very weak NFC, you have a chance to do something special. So Dak, six INTs in the last five games, more aggressive is good for me. Lower half, okay. No questions on his face about his own ability, about his own health, about what the hell CD is doing route-wise, et cetera. All that seems to be gone. You want Dak Prescott strong, aggressive, and dare I say daring. That's the guy you want because you want to be celebrating getting semi-drunk before the game on February 12th when the Cowboys are in Glendale, Arizona at State Farm Stadium. That's the only free pub I give them playing in the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, in Kansas City. So here we go. Let's get to the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are 1-10-1. Who they beat? Jacksonville 13-6 in a game only a mother could love. And then they tied the Indianapolis Colts, I think it was, 20-20. Those two games happened in the first five or six games of the season. They haven't gotten any better. They've gotten worse. Um, 
So the Texans are now really doing one thing, and it's very difficult as players, but the fans know what's going on. They are playing for the first pick because the Houston Texans would like to draft Bryce Young, quarterback out of the University of Alabama, with pick number one of the 2023 draft. And when they do that, they'll pair him with a young running back, Damian Pierce, who I'm going to get to, and a young wide receiver, Nico Collins, who I'm going to get to, and some players on defense. And what's going on in Houston for you is going to get better and better. Now, you're at home saying, wait a minute, Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman Trophy from USC. I believe you're right. If you want money on that, that's the bet that I would make. I believe you're right. But that is also because the world is ready for a USC quarterback to ascend to the top of the NCAA again for the first time in a long time. They're, they're, these awards a lot of times come because we who vote on them, and I don't vote on that award, but are ready for certain things to happen. I think Caleb Williams wins the Heisman Trophy, even though USC sort of snatch defeat from the jaws of victory and making it to the final four. I do like Herndon Hooker of Tennessee. I do like C.J. Stroud of Ohio State. I am intrigued by Bo Nix of Oregon. But for me, the best college football player is the one who was the college football player of the year last year. That's Bryce Young. If you watch Alabama closely, and some of you think, Brady, you don't even like Alabama. You, you said they were going to lose twice. I did, but that was because I didn't, I didn't see the speed that they normally have on the outside, and their defense wasn't quite as good as it normally is. And listen, they lost two games in overtime, so screw me. They might lose the bowl game as well because some of these guys might not play. We'll see if Bryce Young plays. Bryce Young he is going to be a hell of an NFL quarterback. And it's not because he played at Alabama or because he's put up some big yards or because he won the Heisman Trophy last year. Watch. If you watch him, his heart rate beats at almost zero at all times. He moves in the round in the pocket beautifully. He can throw any pass. He seems to understand the circumstances and what's going on the field around him always. And I absolutely love Bryce Young. If I was a Texans fan, I would tell you, root for one, whatever it is, one, 15 and one, and Bryce Young as pick number one. But that's not going to happen this weekend. This weekend, the Dallas Cowboys get their fourth really good running back in a row, right? They played Minnesota, really good running back. Um, they played the Giants. Barkley's a really good running back. And then they played Jonathan Taylor, if you're a fantasy player, probably the number one pick in your fantasy draft. And they've handled those three guys. They've gotten better at tackling the crackdown blocks that were shoving the defensive ends in. I mean, the corners and the safeties have to tackle. All of that has gotten better. This team, especially this defense, takes responsibility for itself. They're getting better. Damian Pierce is a challenge. Really good pick uh, by the Texans last year out of Florida in the fourth round. 5-10-2-20. He's another one of those running backs that when he runs, as they call, downhill, corners and safeties don't want to tackle him. 5-10-2-20 coming straight at you with shoulders down and knees up is no fucking fun to tackle. He's not, and he's good. So he's had some update games and down games. As you can imagine, they've only won once. But he's sitting on 861 yards, so he's going over 1,000. He's got three touchdowns, and he is a load. The Texans have them some things to be pleased about in their future. They do. You don't give a damn. You hate Houston. I hate Houston, too. The betting line on this game, uh, as I sit here today, if you're interested, Cowboys by 14 and a half, the over and under at 44. Not sure about the over and under. The 14 and a half at this point of view said you got to put 100 bucks one way or another. I would take the Texans. And it's not because I think they're good because they're not. It's because the Cowboys would like to do a couple things this week. One, remain healthy. And two, sort of shove aside another little bugaboo that's going on right now, and that is slow starts. 14 to 13 in halftime against Indianapolis ends up 54-14, just like you wanted it to. 
But the bottom line is this thing needs to start faster. It needs to come out of the tunnel better. And this will be a challenge because this is a noon game. Historically, in the last five to ten years, the Cowboys in noon Sunday games generally are a little sluggish, sort of like their fans. A little too drunk from what's going on in the parking lot, sort of filing their way in. Dallas people are kind of hip and cool and sexy and looking good. Takes them a while to get their asses in their seats and really get into the game. And the Cowboys have kind of mirrored that. Slow starts. Slow start last week. So when you're saying, how do we continue to incrementally get better as we head towards whatever playoff game we're going to play? One of them is slowing running games, which they're doing. Number two is, can we get off to a fast start? This would be a great week because a 40 to 10 victory with the Dallas Cowboys having most of their starters out mid-third would be fantastic. Ezekiel Elliott ain't young, and he's having one of his best years in the last two or three years. Tony Pollard is young, but he's got more carries on his body already now in this season than he had in any of the last three or four seasons. It'd be great to see him sitting a little bit. be great to see Gallup get a week, another week off with that uh, ACL injury that's finally healing. It'd be great to see. The only person that wants to play every down is C.D. Lamb. And C.D. Lamb wants to play every down because he has Houston ties. He's going to have 25 to 50 people in that stadium in Houston rooting for him. Guess what? C.D. is going to throw his hand up on every play. I'm open. I'm open. C.D., if, if you're looking for a number to try and bet on, see what C.D.'s over and under on catches and or yards is and play a little C.D. Lamb if you're in the mood to bet. Other good news. Tyron Smith practiced all week this week. Everything I hear is he looks good. There are linemen and everybody come around saying yeah, he's fine because the first thing on pass protection that Tyron Smith does is he takes this giant left hand with this giant left arm and goes pow right into the, uh, the defensive end rushing off this side, right in his chest. I, I, we all have seen it. You've forgotten about it. But I've watched twice in Oxnard, California, Tyron Smith dislocate shoulders and hurt defensive ends. That is how strong he is. He doesn't mean to, but he is one strong, badass man. And from what I hear so far, he looks fantastic at practice. So they're not in a hurry. On the other hand, they're in a little bit of a hurry because it would be nice to get him three games. The offensive linemen through the years have always taught me, Brady, this is a dance. And as big as we are, we all are working in concert along this offensive line. The center starts it. If you move your way to the left, if you move your way to the right, whichever that is, we're all working our big ass bodies and shoulders and asses and feet in, in concert to move, to open up holes and or to pass block. And so therefore, it takes time. And yes, Tyron's been the left tackle for years, but not in this setup, not with Tyler Smith as his left guard or... or um, um, Connor, whoever, whoever it may be at left guard. Uh, so this thing needs time. And so Tyron is going to come in. Tyler Smith asked, is that a problem? He's like, yeah, are you kidding? He's going to the Hall of Fame. I'll play wherever they tell me to play. And then on top of it, you've got Jason Peters, who is now healthy, who everyone loves. He is just dispersing so much knowledge in that room for these guys at 40 years old, borderline Hall of Famer in himself, can plug in at left tackle or left guard. This team will be so strong with the ability to run left and or pull and run right. It, it's going to be silly. So, again, fingers crossed for health. Tyron Smith, probably not next week, but maybe. And then maybe, if not, against Philadelphia on Christmas Eve. James Washington getting ready to be a part of this team. So, back to OBJ not happening and me not having any good information for you there. I, I think I have good information. He wants a contract for the rest of this year. 
and roughly $20 million a year for the next two years, coming off two ACL injuries, uh, and he's not working out nor practicing for anyone, and that includes your Cowboys. So as much as all of us, all of us, and everybody on this team, and the owner, and the owner's son, and everyone else have doted over OBJ, and yes, in mid-December, the ability to add what is a Hall of Fame type player to your team would be a gift of all gifts. But this team is pointing, based on everything I told you at the beginning of the show, at this season. This season. So adding 30, then soon to be 31-year-old Odell Beckham Jr. onto this team and having him not play this year, besides the fact that he's not playing and it's a lot of money, he's also going to be, everyone's going to be asked questions about him. They're, they're already tired of it. They're tired of it. And Dak finally said the other day, we've all said yes. We've all tweeted, Twittered, Facebook, probably not, uh, done everything we can do on social media, and we've been to basketball games with him, and the fans have given him standing ovations, and we've done it. And we're kind of done. So now bring him in and let him be here for the next five weeks not playing, and I continue to ask questions of the team about how he looks and how they feel about him. They're tired of it, and they're not mad. They're not anything. It needed to happen three or four weeks ago. He needed to be just about ready now or in the next couple of weeks. And everything that we are hearing, and I don't have anything concrete, everything we are hearing, it's not going to happen for Odell Beckham Jr. to play any regular season games, and it's iffy if he would end play any playoff games. So the Cowboys are backing up, and he's probably going to end up being a New York Giant. But the good news is James Washington's about to come back. Tyron Smith's about to come back. Most of this team is healthy. They're figuring out what to do at cornerback because obviously the loss of Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis – uh, has put them in a little bit of a spot. But one thing you know about this defense, the safeties, the linebackers, and the cornerbacks seem to be interchangeable. Everyone can line up anywhere. So they feel like they have plenty of options. They've signed a couple of guys that you haven't heard of, and they'll figure out what happens at that cornerback position because you and I both know this. Dan Quinn and the defense, they got it. Jacksonville at noon in Florida. The Jaguars are, uh, that will be the next week, the next week after the Houston game. Jacksonville at noon in Florida. This is the game, and I went ahead and wrote this down. This is the trap game. I'm I'm giving them a victory over Houston. I don't know whether they cover or not, but let's move past that. 10-3, and three, you got past Houston. Here comes the dangerous game. Traveling to Florida to play a noon game in week 15 against the Jaguars whose head coach is Doug Peterson, who won a Super Bowl in Philadelphia, who we know has the moxie and the know-how to make this Jacksonville team good. Trevor Lawrence, in his second year, is looking better and better at quarterback. Uh, Travis Etienne finally got healthy, and in his second year is a hell of a running back. Christian Kirk, you know him, played at Texas A&M, along with Zay Jones. They are both blossoming as really good wide receivers on this team, and there are some defensive players on the Jacksonville team. They are 2-2 two and two in their last four. Uh, coming up next, let's see who who they beat in those two games, Vegas and Baltimore. So, okay. They got drilled last week by Detroit, and this week they play Tennessee, and they'll most likely lose that game. I'm just saying, there's a trap coming. It's not this game against Houston. It's the next week against Jacksonville. So the Cowboys need to pay attention, and I believe they will. So the goal, to get out early, get off to a good start, put up 21 first-quarter points against this Houston Texans team. Let's do not fuck around with this team. Let's get to where we need to be. Let's get the premium players, some good looks. Let's get Dak three touchdown passes in the first quarter. Get the running game going. Get everything going. Let this defense play downhill and go get this quarterback who just is standing there. I'm, I'm sorry. Mills is just going to be standing there. There's not much this team can do to defend itself against this really good defense. So the hot start will be great. Rest the veterans and keep their eye on the ball in this Houston game, which I firmly believe they will. I, I firmly believe they will. So, that's about all I got. 
Uh, I hope it was interesting enough and, and filled you in a little bit. And if I'm wrong about Odell Beckham Jr., then I apologize. And congratulations to all of us that OBJ is here. And maybe he will play games in the playoffs for the Dallas Cowboys team. That's not what I think is going to happen. So the last thing I want to cover is, and I don't have any give and take here, except that I'm in Kansas City in my mother's basement, and she's right here. And I wanted to mention Christmas songs that I hate. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Makes me want to dislodge other teeth. All I want for Christmas is a hippopotamus. Are you fucking kidding? That song should never be played again. And then this is true. John Denver wrote a song some years ago, and I had people call me and say, I thought you were lying. I looked it up. Basically called, Hey Santa, don't let daddy get drunk for Christmas. Look it up. It's a John Denver song. It's not a very good song. Uh, and I don't know why you won't let daddy get drunk for Christmas. I mean, he's paying for everything. He, he probably is all beat up. Who knows how the marriage is going? The kids are driving him crazy. Let daddy drink a little bit of Christmas. I hope everybody's in a holiday spirit. I am. I'm Brady Tinker. I'm thrilled to be here for you. Thank you for watching Off of the Helmets again. We've resurrected this show that was mostly radio and turned it into a podcast. My friends at DSP Media are really promoting this for us. And I'm doing four to six posts a week that are a minute to three and a half minutes long. If you'll continue to find us at dspmediaonline.com and DSP Media Productions on YouTube, uh, I'm at the star all the time and I will give you best information about what's happening inside that building. And then I'm putting it all together with the guys in the media that I know. And we're sort of coming up with as many smart conclusions as we can for you. But I'm happy to be back doing Off of the Helmets. I'm happy to be in Kansas City with my parents. And I'm happy that it's the holiday season. I hope you are as well. Happy holidays to all of you. Good luck to all of us in the Texans game. And we'll figure out the Jacksonville trap game next week together. And cross your fingers for health for all of us, for me and my old ass, for my parents and their even older asses, and for you. Happy holidays, happy health. I'm Brady Tinker from DFW Sports Beat and Off of the Helmets, courtesy of DSP Media.